Uh, we're in this series called Learning to Love. And so we're looking at this issue of the home. This is really more than about marriage. Last week we, we talked about a marriage. Uh, we talked about marriage. And, and so today we're talking about this issue of parenting. And, and I'll explain that in a few minutes. But the series title is called, called Learning to Love. And, and oh, by the way, can I just tell you, thank you for the number of emails and, and, and text messages or, or notes of encouragement about these sermons on marriage and, and everything else. Can I tell you a real funny one real quick and then we'll get going. But this, la- this last week, it was in the evening, and Karen and I were in the living room, and she, she's a home health care nurse, and so she was, she was charting. She had her laptop out. She's charting. I have my laptop out. We're in the living room, um, and I'm tr- uh, emailing and sermons and all that other stuff, and all of a sudden, her cell phone goes off, and I hear a ding, and so she, she, she looks at it, and she does that, hmm. And you husbands, you know, you know that you like, you know, that noise or, you know, that that mannerism. And so it's just like she says, wow. And then she goes, wow. And so one of her girlfriends who goes to our church text her and texted her and says, tell Charlie, thank you. And then there was a picture attached and it was a picture of a dozen red roses roses on her countertop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so Karen's like, huh. (laughs) And I'm like, what? She goes, that's interesting. (laughs) So she's just, and then all of a sudden, fortunately for me, there's another ding. And so she looks and she goes, oh. And so the individual texts and says, oh, so sorry. I was so excited to hit send way too soon. Yeah. And so... (laughs) So he said, tell Charlie, thank you, thank you, thank you for the sermon on marriage. Look what my husband did for me. So if you encourage me, make sure you complete the text message, you complete the email. Sorry. So... So open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're talking about this issue, learning to love. We're talking about this issue in the home, and, and the, the title of this message is an important title, When It All Goes Right. And so students, I just want to tell you up front, I'm talking to you. Because that's the direction of this passage. We're going to talk about this issue of the home. And students, I want you to just hear me. I, I'm, I'm talking directly to you. So there's several different ways that you can take notes. Uh, one way is you can do it old school. You can do it by paper and pen. Uh, there's, there's pens provided for you in the bulletin. There's notes. You can go to Version. You can search for our church. And then you can do it electronically if you don't like pens and paper and all that other stuff. You want to do it, do it new school instead of old school. And so there's several different ways that you can take notes this morning. Here, here's my prayer. And it's happened in all the services. I want to start a conversation. And I want to start a conversation, whether it's in, in the home and in the church, about this issue of parenting. Now, here's the interesting thing about this topic that we're going to look at this morning is this is the, the directive, it's in Ephesians chapter 6, I'll get there in just a second, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is not talking to the parent. Paul talks directly to the child. Talk, Paul talks to directly to the child or the student that's still in the home. So students, hear me. When it all goes right is when you respond well to a mom and a dad. I'm telling you, when it all goes right, do you realize that you can help your mom or dad be a better mom or dad? You can help your parents be better parents the way you respond in the home. That you have the dynamics in the home to where you can help things to go right. Now listen, Karen and I, we have parented through all seasons of parenting. And, I, and I'm telling you, I am not an expert. We, we've had, fact is, are, is there a perfect parent here today? No, none of us are perfect. 
And there's something about parenting that if we're not careful, will give us a lot of guilt. And so Karen and I, we parented through all seasons of, of life. Uh, we parented them when they were, were children. We parented them in, in middle school, elementary school. And then we parented them through teenage years. Yeah, I mean, we all feel the same, right? That, that's like purgatory. <laughs> Fact is, there's a joke about Jesus. And, Je- <laughs> and so Jesus like walking down the street. And he runs into, a, he walks past this lady, this lady crying. She's crying hysterically. He says, what's wrong? And she says, oh, you don't understand. She says, my daughter is terminally ill. And I think my daughter's going to die. And so Jesus laid hands on her and says, you know, your daughter's healed. Go home and praise God. And the lady did. He walked a little bit farther and there's this man and this man's crying. And he says, well, sir, what's wrong? And the man tells him, I, I have a terminal illness and, and, uh, and I'm going to die. And so Jesus felt compassion for him and touched him and healed him. And so he heals this guy. And so he's walking down the street a little bit farther. And all of a sudden there's a mom and a dad and they're, they're, they're sitting on the curb and they're like crying hysterically. And so Jesus kind of pats them and says, excuse me, what is wrong? And they said, oh, Jesus, you don't understand. We have teenagers at home. And so Jesus just sat down and cried with them. (laughs) There's nothing he can do. And you know that's a joke, right? He can't do it. I don't want to say that. So so let's look at this. And so we're going to understand seven things. And students, I'm talking to you this morning. So here we go. And because the, the passage, watch this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. So when does it all go right? When it goes right in the home is when children understand what it means to come under the authority of mom and dad. And then he goes on and he quotes the Big Ten, the the Ten Commandments, and he says this. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Students, seven things. Parents, listen in with us. But here we go. The first thing is this. The first principle is when when I obey my parents, it reveals my intelligence. Listen, I'm telling you, students, when you obey your parents, when you respond properly to mom and dad, then all of a sudden it reveals more about you than it does about them. In other words, it reveals your intelligence. Watch this, Proverbs 12.1. Here's the interesting thing about parenting in scriptures. A lot of the Proverbs, when it talks about parenting, talking to the kids. So here he goes. He says this, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. Now listen, I know some of you, you may not allow that word in your home. You may not allow that word stupid. Uh, the ESV is, a, is an exact equivalency. It's not a dynamic translation. In other words, it's word for word, Greek to, to English or Hebrew to English. And so the word, strong words, but he says stupid. Now listen, when you see that word, whoever loves discipline, the definition of, of the word discipline in the Hebrew is this, oral instruction. In other words, when mom or dad gives you instructions, tries to speak into your life, it's this, it's this issue of how do you respond. And the way in which you respond says a lot about your intelligence. Listen, when, the way that you respond to their intelligence is either going to say if you're wise or if you're, if you're ignorant. I mean, Scripture says that only a fool... Only a fool doesn't live to ins- listen to instruction. Only a fool doesn't listen to correction. And that verse says this. That verse is just so important. And, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 
See, hate in that definition or in that context means this. It means to, to withdraw from. It means to have no contact with or relationship with or relationship with another. And, and so it means this, this intense separation or this simple uh, opposition. I mean, in the intensive stem of this word, it means one who radiates hatred. In other words, in your home, when, you, when, when mom or dad tries to speak into your life and you withdraw yourself from them emotionally and then all of a sudden you just kind of radiate this hatred or you radiate this anger, it affects the dynamics of the whole family. It makes things difficult in the home to where, listen, if your mom or dad are trying to speak into your life and you're having that running com conversation in your mind, right? Or maybe you say it out loud every once in a while. I hear kids say this stuff out loud. And they'll say, you know what? I can't wait to get out of this house. I can't wait to get out of the house to where I'll make my own decisions. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I cannot wait to get out of this house. I cannot wait to get out of school because nobody's going to tell me what to do. I've got news for you. Well, that statement alone reveals to us your lack of intelligence. You're always going to have someone tell you what to do. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. You're always going to have someone that's in authority over you. I mean, when you get out of the home, you're either going to have someone in the military tell you what to do. You're going to have a professor tell you what to do. You're going to have a boss tell you what to do. You may have a, a police officer going to tell you what to do. Police officer going to tell you where you can drive, what direction you can go, when do you stop, when do you yield, how fast you can go. You have a supervisor who's going to tell you what to do. And you may say, well, wait a minute, I, I don't plan on working for anyone. I'm, I'm going to have my own business. Fine. Then you're going to have customers tell you what to do. You're going to have board of directors that are going to tell you. You're going to have investors tell you what to do. And then you're going to get married. <laughs> and then you're going to have a husband. And you're going to have a wife tell you what to do, Right? Listen, students, you can, it, it just reveals your lack of intelligence when you say, I don't need anyone. It reveals your lack of intelligence when you come to that place and say, I cannot wait to get to the place when nobody tells me what to do. Listen, God has set up the home in a, such a way in which you learn to submit to the authority that God has placed over you. To where you learn to obey, even when you may not understand it, even when you may not like it. And listen, let me just tell you this, just while we're on this subject of, of obedience... And, and submitting to authority and what all of that means. When mom or dad asks you to do something, make a bed, do the dishes, take out the trash. And you do it. But you're moaning and complaining and griping all the way to the dishwasher, all the way to the trash can and all the way back. You may have obeyed them. But you did not submit to their authority. You may have obeyed them. But you did not honor a mom or a dad. See, your parents are more interested not only in your obedience, but they're also inter interested in your attitude. Because discipline is this. Discipline is not so much punishment. Discipline is change of behavior. So you'll be a success in the future. And it's your choice whether you want to live a difficult life or not. And the home is the place to where we learn to respond to authority. To where you understand that when we submit to the authority that God has placed over us, there's blessing. There's protection in that authority. There's protection in the home. The second principle is this, is that when I obey my parents, it keeps me from unnecessary pain. 
Proverbs 10, 17 says this, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. And students, you, you know as well as I do that someone follows you, right? I mean, in, in the home, you can affect the home. In the home, you can have brothers or sisters that follow your example. You can create di- dynamics in, in the home. Um, you, you can have people uh, in your school. You can have friends that, that, that follow you. And so what he's talking about this issue is, is we have the power, we have the influence that we can lead others down a path of destruction. And your parents are set up and your parents are in the home to help protect you and to speak truth into your life. Because, because just as the scripture says you can lead someone astray, someone can lead you astray because you're young and because you're impressionable. That's what, listen, that's why your parents care about who your friends are. Listen, you show me your friends. You just show me your friends. And I can tell you what you're really like without ever talking to you. And it's also a predictor of where you're going to end up. Scripture talks a lot about students and relationships and the influence of others. That's why, that's why parents care about who you hang out with and who your friends are. Now listen, we, Karen and I parented through, through, uh, through the low-tech days, you know, to where we, we wrote each other like letters. We had a phone call that hung, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a, fo- a phone that hung on the wall. And so we remember when, when uh, well, instant messaging came in. And then we remember when cell phones, text messaging came in. And, and, and like, like the only plan you could afford was like 30 text messages a month. Yeah, and some of you students, you know, some of you students going to burn more than that in this church service. And so uh, <laughs> I know you're not always taking notes on version. And so, so we, we led, we led in, in both those days, and so we remember that. See, there was a time in parenting, I remember this time in parenting, I remember a time in parenting when my kids' friends only came through the front door. They only came through the front door, I knew who they were, we'd have a relationship with them, we knew who they were. And parents, we live in a day of social media-driven culture, internet and all of that other stuff, we live in a day where your children's friends are no longer, no longer only coming through the front door, but they're coming into your home via the Internet, whether it's a phone, whether it's a laptop, whether it's a computer or whatever, that, that we live in a day. And, oh, and can I tell you this? Sometimes the most dangerous friends are coming not through the front door, but through a cell phone or through the Internet or or through Facebook. And so you, you have parents that sometimes will say things like, like, well, you know what? I just want to be, my, I just want to be their friend. Um, the only time you, you're your child's friend is on Facebook. <laughs> and you should friend them. And if they unfriend you, guess what? They lose Facebook. And you should have passwords to all their, their devices. My wife has passwords to, she has all of my passwords. I believe this all the way across. And, and, so, and so parents, you should have passwords into their phone. You should have, you should, if they're on Twitter, you follow them on Twitter. You follow them on Facebook, Instagram, whatever they're on, you're on, you're aware. You're aware of the friends that are coming in. And, and parents, can I tell you this? Never, never, never hold your, your children accountable for some crazy, stupid thing that one of their friends posts 
whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You hold them accountable for what they post and what they say. But listen, I'm telling you, students, I know you hate this. But more than likely, your parents are paying for that. And they have a right to speak into your life because they get it, they understand. Listen, Scripture teaches us that you can have inf- there can be influence in your life and your parents are there to protect you. Your parents are there to discipline you, to change a behavior so you're a success. Listen, I'm telling you, parenting, students, let me just tell you, parenting is hard work. On its best day, it's brutal. On its best day. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. And when you look at this issue, when everything goes right, is when, and we're going to see this, when, parent, when children respond in a proper way, our lives affect one another. And he says, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Soon as let me just press in, because I'm going to press in. Um, it's been interesting, the conversations I've had with you. Um, uh, my Twitter handle is Charlie W. Jones. Student, you follow me, I'll follow you back. I've been trading direct messages and, 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 and comments and emails with, with students from Saturday night all the way uh, uh, before, this, before and after services. And so, so let, me, let me just press in just a little bit deeper. Do you ignore correction? Do you even know what that means? So do you ignore correction? And so, so, so have there been times... When mom or dad have sat down with you, they're trying to speak truth into your life, and and you go, here we go again. I know the lecture. I know what they're going to say. I cannot believe they're going to say this to me again. And so you you kind of fold your arms like this, and you kick back, and you kind of look at them. You may give a grunt. You may give a sigh. you, You bite your tongue. You grit your teeth. But inside your mind, you are having a conversation with mom or dad that you're not saying out loud. And you're thinking, you know what, I'm not hearing a word. I've heard this over and over and over. I'm not hearing a word they're saying. I'll, you know what, I'll just suffer through it. I'll, I'll get through this. And then I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. Let me just tell you, you're despising correction. It's called, it's called ignoring correction. Uh, Proverbs 23:22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And you may think, you know what? I already know what they're going to say, and 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 I, I can't believe they're going to tell me this again. And there's no openness and discipline. Cor- true biblical cor- correction is a conversation, and a conversation, students, goes both ways. And so when mom or dad ask you a question, uh, why did you do that? Why are you feeling like that? And if you shut down on them, I'm telling you, that's despising correction. Because God has, God, has, God has put them in your life to help you. You know what I hated as a, as a parent? Uh, when, the blank stare. Someone said, amen, you're right. I hated that. I also hated talking about despising correction is when our kids became teenagers. And you'd ask them to do something, they'd get that like that head jerk and that neck jerk and the roll of eyes and what? I was thinking we need to take them to the chiropractor tomorrow. 
That's despising Christ. I'm telling you. Maturity is this. Enter into the conversation with mom or dad. Because they want to come alongside of you. And they want to help you. And they want to understand why did you make that decision? Why do you feel like that? Why did you choose this friend over this friend? It's in the home. I'm telling you, it's in the home. When it all goes right, that's what the scripture says over and over. When it all goes right is when there's conversations and the people aren't shutting down. Here's the third one. When my parents, uh, when my parents discipline me, it shows their love for me. I mean, I'm telling you, when your parents take the time to discipline you, it shows that they love you. And some of you students may say, well, you know what? Maybe they just love me too much. Well, mom or dad can never love you too much. And if, par- listen, I'm telling you, I've, there's a lot of stress in life. And the easiest thing for mom and dad to do would be to totally ignore you. Not speak into your life, just hand you the car keys, give you a credit card, let you talk to whoever, text whoever, let you be on Facebook, do whatever you want, and never speak into your life. Because the easiest thing to do for a mom or dad with the stress of making a living and the world that we live in and all that other stuff would be just to totally ignore you. And listen, let me tell you something. I, unfortunately, I've sat in way too many jail cells. With hardened criminals. I've, I've been in Florence uh, Federal Prison in maximum security. I've sat in the jail cell of, of serial killers and hardened criminals and, and, and all those other things. And I've watched grown men break down and cry and start saying, I only wish I had, I had a mom or a dad who were willing to speak into my life, who are willing to try to protect me, who are willing to, to, to love me enough just to know who my friends are. Listen, when I did youth at ministry, youth at risk ministry before uh, Fellowship of the Rock, and, and I ministered to the Crips and the, the Bloods and the Little Latin Kings and, and, uh, and, and all these guys. Did you realize un, one of my first uh, ahas in that, mo- in that ministry, they would bring me their, re- their report cards to sign. And I say, I see you once a week. Why would you even want me to sign this? They say, because we know you're going to yell at us if we make an F. You're going to tell us we can do better. You're going, to, you're going to put some things into place to try to help us. The most miserable adults I know are those adults that did not respond to correction in the home. Proverbs 19:18. Discipline your son, for there is hope. And then this next phrase just cracks me up. I think it's talking about teenagers. Don't set your heart on putting him to death. <laughs> crazy so students when you're when you're when your mom or dad gets involved in your life it's because they it's because they it's because they love you um scripture whoever this here uh, proverbs thirteen twenty four, so they can follow me whoever spares the rod hates his son but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him there's another statement that students will often make um that reveals their intelligence or reveals where they are, when students will a lot of times say things like, why don't you just trust me? Right? You you just trust me. Well, one reason, God told us not to trust you. (laughs) So we trust you as far as it's age appropriate. 
Because we know in life there are some decisions, there are some situations you're not prepared for. You don't have the maturity for. And so, yes, there's this issue of to where we, we trust, but we trust as far as it's age appropriate. But God has asked us, God has told parents, get involved in your kid's life and discipline them. That's what Jesus does for us, right? Now, Jesus is the only perfect father. God's the only perfect father. Revelation 3.19, here's what he says about us, about his children. He says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. In other words, he corrects us. One of the ways that we know that we're a believer is he disciplines us and he corrects us. The fourth principle. My parents' discipline empowers me to take care of myself. See, that's the goal of parenting. The goal of parenting is to raise healthy adults. The goal of parenting, but when it all goes right, kids have to respond to that. Proverbs 15.32, whoever ignores instructions despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. In other words, one of the ways that you mature, one of the ways children that you mature, one of the ways that you gain intelligence is by discipline. And, the, and to make decisions and to where mom or dad comes alongside of you. Proverbs 15.10, there is a severe discipline for him who forsakes the way, but whoever hates reproof will die. And so you know what God's saying? God's saying it's much better for you to, to learn discipline in the home. It's much better for you to re- learn how to submit to the authority in the home rather than in the community because the dis- discipline outside the home is going to be more catastrophic. It's going to be more painful than in the home. It could put you in the court system. You could lose a job. You could lose a marriage. You could not function properly because you've never learned how to submit to the authority that God has placed over you. That's why he uses that term. It will be severe. It will be severe discipline. In other words, if you, don't lose, if you don't learn these principles in the home, it's going to cost you consequences out of the home. And it can be severe it can be life-changing. It can be life-altering. The fifth principle for, is this. My discipline, my parents' discipline paves the road to my future. In other words, it paves the road to my success. Uh, Hebrews 12, 11. For the, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to, to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs thirteen eighteen. Poverty and disgrace comes to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. In other words, what he's saying is is when it all goes right is when students learn to respond to the authority that God has placed over them and to respond in a healthy way. Whether it's a boss, whether it's a supervisor, uh, whether it's a professor, whether it's authority in government, to where, to where God's goal for your life and God's goal for my life is a harvest of, of righteousness and a harvest of peace. And when it all goes right is when that's in the, in the home. Sixth principle is this. My obedience helps me to get along in the, in the family. Maybe for students who are struggling in the family and relationships are, are difficult, but Proverbs twenty nine seventeen says, Discipline your son. He will give you rest. This is probably where you can see this principle when it all goes right, the easiest in Scripture. Discipline your son. He'll give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. He's, he's describing, a, he's describing a, a peaceful family. He's describing when it all goes right. 
And, and so when you just start looking at the things that, that, that have to happen, uh, the, the parent has to discipline and the child has to respond. If the son receives discipline, if the daughter receives discipline, it brings peace, it brings joy to the heart of, of the parent. And that's why he says, and he will give delight to your heart. A lot of times the reason when, 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 when students check out and say, I, I've just heard, I have heard this lecture over and over and over. There's probably a reason for that. You haven't responded. You haven't gotten it. And when it all goes right is when you respond to that. Last principle is this. Your obedience gives you something to share with your children. Your obedience gives you something to share with your children. Now here's a scary thought. Children, one day you're going to be a parent. And that's when you're going to realize parents were a lot smarter than you thought they were. They had a much more difficult job than you thought they were. And your obedience gives you something to share with your children. There's a group of students who will speak to you. There's a group of students in our church that I know your story. You come here alone. You have, to, you have to drive yourself to church. And you come alone. And I just want you to know I honor you. And I'm so thankful you're here. That's my story. That's my story. Just so we're all tracking, we, we have students that drive themselves to this church without the encouragement of a mom or a dad, and sometimes it's the discouragement of a mom or a dad. We've had students that have met Christ, and they have to wait to become a legal age. They have to wait until they become an adult to get baptized because they're waiting where they can make that decision on their own because mom or dad does not want them to do that. I know what it's like to drive myself to church and to watch families leave and think, wow. If that's your story, I just need you to know we honor you. And we're so thankful that you're here. And that's one of the reasons I believe so much in life groups and connections and relationships because nobody should have to come to church alone. See, I was thankful. I had some families that came alongside of me and, 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 and took me in and spoke into my life. That's why church is not all about us. That's why we get involved in ministry. That's why we get involved in youth ministry. That's why we get involved in children's ministry. That's why we get involved in life groups. Because I believe this. Nobody should have to come to church alone. And for sure, nobody should have to come to a church where they don't know anyone and nobody gets involved in their life.
And so I just want you guys to know that's your story. I honor you. And we're so thankful you're here. Let me just say a word to parents. Sometimes it's not an issue. A lot of times, most of times, it's not an issue of good parent versus bad parent. God was the perfect parent to Adam and Eve. And they did stupid stuff. God was the perfect parent to the children of Israel. And they made dumb decisions. They got the same lecture over and over and over because they didn't get it, they didn't learn, they didn't apply it. And so if you're a parent and you've heard these principles and you feel some guilt, I want to release you of that guilt. And just tell you, start parenting now in the season that God has placed you in. And just have some conversations. telling you the home is the place to learn to submit to authority so that we can have a successful life would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes let me just ask you this morning just real quickly what is what is God saying to you as a result of this message maybe more importantly how does he want you to respond because there's a there's a, there's, a response that is, there's a response that is needed. Every one of us has a next step. Maybe for you, it's, you've never met him. You've never asked him, Jesus, to come into your life to forgive you of your sins and give you the gift of eternal life. This would be the time. This would be the moment. He, he's the only perfect father. Just to parent you. Maybe you're a student. Man, when everything goes right... Just to when you just learn and you just understand and you get it, mom and dad, they're there to help me. And how I respond is important to my success in life. And to you parents, I know the guilt, I know the weight of decisions, I know what we can carry or what we do carry. And I just want you to know, I mean, God loves you, God cares for you, and he'll give you wisdom and discernment. As your parent. Maybe you just have a prayer request. And say, you know what, I'm, I'm just carrying a burden. I just need someone to lift that burden. I just need someone to pray for me. This is the part of the service where we minister to each other. So if you're carrying a burden, whether it's with your family, whether it's a financial issue, a medical issue, a relational issue, whether you're trying to make a decision of the future, we want to pray for you. We really do. If you're carrying a burden, after I pray, we're going to stand. And as we stand, don't wait. We're going to be in this moment long. But as you stand up, we want you to step out. And begin making your way down to the front. We'll have prayer partners down here. People are going to be walking with you. And we want to pray for you. We want to give you comfort. We want to give you support. We want to give you encouragement. We want to add our faith to your faith. We want to have spiritual conversation with you if you'd like to have a spiritual conversation with us. 
So if you need prayer in any area, after I pray, we stand. You come. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you. We praise you that you're the perfect Father. And so, Father, we just ask that you'd pull this church very closely to you. And, Father, we pray for students. We pray for for parents. That you would speak directly to them through your word. And that they just respond to you. That people respond to you as a perfect father, as a loving father, in prayer. And they'd receive prayer. They'd receive comfort and encouragement and support as we add our faith to their faith, as we encourage them this day. Father, we look forward to see what you're going to do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.